This is live coverage of the 2021 Steelers minicamp. Live from Heinz Field on your 24-7 home for the Steelers. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Day three of Steelers minicamp from Heinz Field is officially underway now as the Steelers standard kicks off your day-long coverage right here on Steelers Nation Radio. I am Tom Opperman, and with me as always is Jacob Recht and Kellen Gursky. Guys, we've talked a lot about the quarterback. We've talked a lot about the defensive side of the ball. We've talked a lot about the skill position players in our past couple broadcasts here from Heinz Field over the past couple days. What do you think is the most important part of a football team having success in the NFL, though? Chemistry. Wrong. Okay. Kellen? Don't know where Kellen is. Offensive line play. That's the driving right, okay, force okay. for oh, any you, you NFL I thought you were talking about, like, factors, not unit. No, I mean, no, no, how about chemistry units. within the offensive line? Get your chemistry, biology, 101 crap out of my face. I don't want any of that right now. No, you're right. You do need a lot of chemistry. You need to have a great team atmosphere. But when you have a great offensive line, mm -hmm. you can do anything in the NFL. You can move Fair. mountains. You can win a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback, much like the Philadelphia Eagles did with Nick Foles because their offensive line was so great. That's a big question mark for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. In That's a, it's a new question mark, too. It is a new question mark. The Steelers have had very consistently good to great offensive lines for the past decade, really. Now you're starting to see a lot of changeover. And, guys, there are three members projecting to start in 2021 that played significant starter snaps in 2020. David DeCastro started 13 games. He's obviously the most veteran presence there, yep. former All-Pro. Not a Hall of Famer, but he's certainly walking on that path. It's possible. It might be possible. If you return to form, if you if you shake the COVID bug not in, in more ways than one, right. yeah, I think it's possible. Then you have Kevin Dotson, rookie last year. He started four games, played in 13 games total. Really was a bright spot on that offensive line. But the person who started the most games for the Steelers on that offensive line last year, who is going to project to be a starter in 2021, this is this is a wild answer to Chukwuma this question. He started hmm. 15 games for the Steelers last year. Of course, that being when Zach Banner went down, he stepped in at right tackle. Now they're going to ask Chukes, though, to move to left tackle. So although he started 15 games, he's going to be playing a different position this season. I guess the overall point I'm trying to make here is, although you have a guy like David DeCastro, other than that, there is not much experience no. coming back to the Steelers on that 2021 offensive line. And as we talked about yesterday, for a team that wants to really run the ball a lot more on the offensive side of the ball, you got to have a really good offensive line to yes, be able do. to do that successfully. And, you know, not to start off with a glass half empty kind of take, but that's the biggest question mark I have for this team for sure this year is, is that offensive line going to be up to snuff? And can it even at least just be league average this year? It's not hard to look at it from a – Class half empty perspective, Tom, because the point the the points you just laid out there, there wasn't consistency, not just in quality of play, but in personnel that we saw last year, and that personnel got even more variant this year. When you consider the guys who were on the team this year compared to last year, you would mention that Chooks was the guy who started the most games, and then the next. Uh, who was it? It was uh, DeCastro, you said, started 14. 13. 13. And then that means that Marquise Palsy didn't even start 13 games last year. That is supposed to be 
when you talk about foundations, you the, the, we started this segment saying what is the most important thing, and you said the offensive line. Well, what is arguably the most important position on that offensive line? That's the center. And Marquise right. Pouncey didn't even start uh, he, 13 games. He started 13 games last year. Oh, he started he's not 13. coming back. No, he's not even coming back. And so that's exactly what I'm trying to say here is that the guy that couldn't even start the full season for you is being entirely replaced with either a rookie or a guy who has bounced around to a couple of teams in the NFL has now made his way back to Pittsburgh. And I'm talking, of course, about B.J. Finney. But also you look at the fact that when the Steelers lined up for the start of 2020, it was Zach Banner who was starting on that offensive line. And guess what? That one start he had against the New York Giants was his only start of the entire season. So you have so many different pieces here that weren't there in 2020 or are are now here in 2021 or guys that weren't fully available in 2020 or now you, you, you hope they can be fully available in 2021. But as a whole, the question mark is there. But individually, there are so many question marks attached to so many of these guys. Oh, there's no – I mean, I think the biggest thing that um, – that you look at not only with this offensive line, but I mean, we, we illustrated it a lot yesterday with the defenses. Um, there's question marks. It's a young team. You know, it's really the first time in a long time, I feel like, that the Steelers are as young as they are. And that can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing, being that there's not, and I say young, I mean, I know the guys on the offensive line necessarily aren't young. Banner and Chooks obviously has experience, but I'm saying young as in there's not a lot of tenure in the NFL. Um, and obviously, when you're when you're starting centers, uh, you know either going to be you know I guess the hope it's going to be the rookie that you drafted in the third round. But uh, at the same time, it's tough when you you know you you are a young team, and I think that's kind of the point that we've talked about a lot. And oh by the way, um, you really you really don't know. There's a lot of question marks. There's question marks about the center position. There's question marks. I mean, I still believe that there's question marks at the tackle position. You know, I mean, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of guys there. I mean, they drafted, uh, you know, Dan Moore uh, to be a tackle, and they also brought in Joe Haig. You know, uh, there's in my mind, there's still some battles that need to take place, and it's going to be interesting because of the fact that, again, you know, there's not a lot of certainty, I suppose, on the offensive line. You know, granted, you bring Banner back, who technically was a starter, but he didn't play all, really all at all last year. He only played in one game. Um, you know, and DeCastro, there's still questions with him as well. I mean, will he get over the funk that he was in last year? You know, obviously he's got the, the ability to do so. But, again, I think the biggest thing we're talking about here is that there's a lot of question marks when it comes to the offensive line. I think, to be honest, I think if David DeCastro does not return to a 2019 and, and before form, that's going to be the the biggest red flag of this of this unit. If he can't do it, then I will basically have almost no faith in, in this line because he, to me, is is the most consistent, is the most established person on that line. And if he can't do it, then you, you've kind of lost your leader. You've lost your best asset, and everyone else is going to have to step up. But I don't even know if collectively of what everyone else can do to step up to fill that David DeCastro-like hole in terms of quality of play is going to be enough. I do think David DeCastro last year obviously didn't have a year that we're used to him having, but it's not like he completely fell off a cliff, though. No. He was still a very serviceable player in the NFL, and I do have some confidence that he might not be able to get to his all-pro form again, 
he's getting older, of course. Yeah, but he is. I do have some confidence that he'll be able to bounce back and no, have a better course. season in twenty. I'm just saying yeah. if it doesn't happen, if the regression yeah, from twenty twenty right. continues, then then it's an issue. The middle of the offensive line though, I, I think I'm more comfortable with than Kellen what you mentioned, the tackles. Yeah. Uh Kendrick Green obviously is a rookie. There's a lot on his shoulders. Is he gonna be the starter week one? That's still up in the air. Uh, I don't expect him to be the backup for long, though. Week three, week four, hopefully he steps in and becomes that starting center. Yeah. Dotson, we just talked about how he was such a bright spot on that line last year in his rookie season, playing in 13 games, starting four of them. And, and DeCastro, I- I'll bet money on him having more of a bounce back year than yeah, continuing so would I. To, so would I. to regress. So I-, I like that middle of that offensive line. But you got a guy in Chooks, started, like I said, 15 games last year, but on the right side. Now he's most Switching likely going to move over to the left side. Zach Banner was a starter last year for this team, won that starting job, unfortunately went down in week one against the Giants. Right. Think about those numbers of what we laid out. Chooks started 15 games. Banner started one. What was the one game that Chooks didn't start? That, that week that one start that Banner had started said, yep. Uh, Banner will most likely win that right tackle job this year yeah. have uh, a chance to once again be a starter for an entire season in the NFL. But, yeah, as far as those two tackles are concerned, I mean, there's no question that there's there's – Big time, you know, question marks when it comes to those guys and two of the most important positions in the NFL, especially that left tackle guarding Ben Roethlisberger's blind side. Right. The the blind side, as the movie has illustrated so, so perfectly, is one of the most important positions on the football field because Ben Roethlisberger, even though we know him as a mobile quarterback, he's now 39 years old. He's not going to be as mobile as you once saw him a decade ago or even before then. So it's important that the protection is there, even though we saw that the pass protection ability was, I believe, the number one pass protection unit in the, in the NFL last year uh, was the Steelers' offensive line. So you hope that that translates over to 2021. But really, I mean, this the narrative of this season is not going to just be about coming back from COVID, but it's going to be how will Ben Roethlisberger put a bow on his career? And... A big part of that is how well or how much can Ben Roethlisberger stay on his feet, stay on the field, and that has everything to do with the, the people lining up in front of him protecting him. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really the story with, with, with any team, but I think it's even more important now, and like we keep illustrating, with the young guys. And, and, and Tom, I agree with you that in the middle, I'm, I'm much more comfortable – um, you know, with the middle of the offensive line than I am the tackles. But again, um, you know, y- you do have, as we said before, Banner is coming back, technically was a starter last year. So you do have some a little bit of confidence there. You know, if Banner wasn't, you know, the starter last year, I think we'd have even more worry, a little more concern. But at the same time, you know, you look at if you take last year as the example, and I know it's kind of hard to take last year as the example because of the fact that Ben was getting rid of the ball so quickly. I think that definitely helped the offensive lines, you know, passing uh, pass blocking numbers and, and not allowing the defense to get to Ben a whole lot. That definitely contributes to it. But at the same time, you know, if you're number one in the league in anything, that's pretty good. So it should give you at least a little bit of confidence moving forward. But again, it's just a matter of how all of these pieces come together. Um, And, you know, as Jacob illustrated, it's how will Ben, you know, end his career. A lot of it is going to depend on what the offensive line does in front of him. And quickly before we hit a break here and welcome Bob Labriola onto the show. Kendrick Green, I mentioned, I would love to see him start week one. It's a lot of pressure to put on a rookie, uh, sure especially someone at such a demanding position like center in the sure. NFL. 
realistically, how long do you think it takes until he does step into that mold? Because I, I think for the Are best case best case scenario of, of being the starting center, best case scenario for the Steelers, he's able to step into that role by week three, week four this year. Very yeah, early so in the season. I don't know exactly what how you're asking this. If you're asking how long will it take for BJ Finney to kind of be pushed to aside, lose his job, yeah, I think it's more. I think it's gonna be like Kendrick Green takes it from right, yeah. a, a combination of the two. But if I'm saying if BJ Finney does get the start, I I would I would be personally upset unless BJ Finney has a a revival of his career. Not to say that he was an All Pro in his tenure with the in his first tenure with the Steelers, but if he just comes out of nowhere and becomes this this huge, huge force as a center, then it's okay, but that's not likely to happen. So I would be upset if it, it, it extends anywhere beyond week two. I would like to see Kendrick Green out there as early as possible. I understand with the Steelers because he's not even the first-round pick. He was the third-round pick, but he is coming in to probably fill the biggest hole left by any Steeler not here from 2020. So I think it's a huge deal to get him in as early as possible. So for me, I would like to see him as early as week two if they start, if they decide to start with BJ Finney week one. I, I'm, I'm in agreement. I mean, honestly, I think it should be week one um, for Kenny oh, Green. Yeah, if, if, um, in a perfect ready, world, course, it's, yeah. it's week right. one. Right. I mean, obviously, we'll see what happens in training camp. But for me, you know, there's a lot of questions about the Steelers in their offensive line, and everyone's saying that. This was the steal getting Kendrick Green, and, and I believe that it was. But to prove that, you know what I mean? Like, don't don't let him. Re- I mean, I, I know that that it, it could happen that he could sit and wait behind Finney for a couple weeks. But if it's me, I'm throwing him out there. I mean, you, you used a third round pick on him, and Jacob, I think you said this yesterday. Your first three picks are guys you're expecting to play um, and probably start. You know what I mean? In a lot of situations. So again, you use the third round pick on him. Everyone's saying he's the steal of the, you know, one of the steals of the draft. You know, I'm I'm in that camp, but at the same time, I'd like to see him ASAP. We will continue this conversation and talk about a whole bunch more on the other side of the break as Bob Labriola from Steelers.com jumps on with us here on the Steelers Standard. That's right on the other side of the break, right here on Steelers Nation Radio. This is live coverage of the 2021 Steelers minicamp live from Heinz Field on your 24-7 home for the Steelers, SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers Standard broadcasting live from 2021 minicamp for the Pittsburgh Steelers, day three here at Heinz Field, and we are joined now by Bob Labriola of Steelers.com. And Labs, we were talking a lot about the offensive line in the last segment. If it's not the biggest, it's one of the biggest question marks, I feel, for this team in 2021. The tackle position, Chooks and Banner. How confident are you in those two guys being able to establish themselves as legitimate starters in the NFL this year? Um, I remember uh, the Steelers going to the Super Bowl with somebody named Jonathan Martin as an <laughs> offensive tackle. Um, you know, I, I'm not trying to uh, – you know, kind of gloss over that. But, um, you know, I I think that uh, a lot of times um, those guys can be helped, offensive linemen can be helped by, you know, the scheme to some degree. I mean, the entire offensive scheme um, by uh, the uh, offensive play calling not being totally predictable by Mm -hmm. the quarterback's willingness to get the ball out of his hand quickly uh, and make quick decisions. 
you know, I'm not here. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm predicting that Zach Banner and Chooks Korafor are going to end up in the Pro Bowl right, next yeah. year. Um, but I also don't think that, um, you know, they're not NFL caliber players. Um, you know, when the Steelers drafted Chooks, I forget which year it was, but um, the the thinking at the time was this guy had the the footwork. Uh, the athletic ability to be able to uh, play left tackle in the NFL. So we're going to find out whether that's, you know, whether that projection uh, turns out to be true or not. You know, Zach Banner, um, he, he's been, you know, I remember the day that Zach Banner showed up at St. Vincent College. It was the day before uh, the team was leaving or was going to break camp and, he was signed as one of those injury replacements. Yeah. And usually those kind of guys, you talk about rent a body, that's what sure. they are. They're out by the time camp breaks. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, he quickly established himself as a guy who, you know, had a little bit of uh, ability to play offensive line in the NFL. I mean, the reason uh, he um, was on the street at that time was he kind of lost control of his weight. And he was, you know, four bills. Um so, I mean, he got that thing under that under control. You know, Lincoln Kennedy, you know who Lincoln Kennedy is, the former Seattle Seahawks Sounds familiar, defensive yeah. lineman, is his dad. So uh-huh. so there's some genetics at work there, too. So, um, anyway, he uh, Zach Banner fairly quickly established himself as a guy who was more than a camp body, and he actually made the 53-man roster that year, uh, even though he didn't show up to the, the Steelers at all until the day before they broke training camp. So I think he's got some um, some of the things that they're looking for. I think that the Steelers believe he's a guy they can coach up a little bit, and he has done a really good job uh, not only losing weight but maintaining it. And so, you know, he has remade his body. And, you know, he's a big man and everything, but now he has an NFL offensive lineman's right. uh, physique. So, uh you know, again, I, I think that those guys will be helped a little bit, too, by right. being able to fire off the ball and, you know, um, stick their helmet in some uh, defensive lineman's chests every now and then. So, you know, again, I don't, uh, I, don't, I don't know that you have to have the best offensive line in the NFL um, to win a championship because in 2008 the Steelers certainly did not. That's very true, yes. Uh, Chris Kimoyatu, uh, the center was Justin – uh, Hartwig, um, you know, Willie Colon, right. um, you know. So anyway, because I remember the first thing Ben Roethlisberger said when they handed him the Super Bowl yeah. trophy on the Before podium. Before he thanked anyone. Right. He said, what do you think of our offensive That's right. line? He said, now? who's laughing now? Yeah, That's right. exactly yeah. what he said. So um, it is possible. And Bob, to go off that point, I think Doug Ligurski started in the play in the uh, Super Bowl at one point too. Ligurski though started Super Bowl forty five, right? When right, Ponzi right. was hurt, yeah. Um, but again, you, you know, he, he was you, there. You didn't want um, him to start Super Bowl forty five. No, no. <laughs> um, staying on the offensive line, Bob. Um, a point on this show that we've talked about a lot is DeCastro and him kind of returning to form, and he was one of the guys that was vocal about last year obviously being really weird with with COVID and not having, you know, uh, anybody in the stands and his regiment, you know, 
being a little bit different. Um, is it as simple as that just for him to get back to form? I'm not saying that he's going to be the all pro, but just to see him get back to the player that we've expected over the last handful of years. Yeah, I, I think if David DeCastro, um, his health returns, uh, he will be able to, you know, be a very representative uh, member of the offensive line. I think that he would also be a guy based on his uh, resume and experience, someone that a lot of the new guys slash young guys, mm-hmm. you know, would be looking to as a leader. So I think the key with David DeCastro is going to be, you know, is he going to be able to uh, be healthy when camp opens and stay healthy, you know, throughout that process. And, um, you know, time will tell when it comes to that. We love Kendrick Green on this show. We've talked about him since he was drafted, one of our favorite picks of this draft, probably next to Najee Harris. It's tough for a rookie to come in at that center position, although the last time the Steelers drafted a rookie, it was Marquise Pouncey at that position, and he stepped in right away. That's a first-round draft pick, though. It's a little different than a third-round draft pick. Is there, in your mind, a chance that Kendrick Green can snag the starting job come week one, or is it kind Absolutely. of, yeah, he can beat out B.J. Finney in training camp? Yeah, I, I, he can. I don't know. I'm not saying that you didn't ask me, will he? Um, but he can. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, it's going to be something that just shows itself or evolves, you know, once they get on the field. I mean, again, Kendrick Clancy has a lot of the kinds of things, um, you know, the raw materials sure. that they believe that they can mold into someone to play that position. Uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, his stature is somewhat of an advantage when it comes to um, leverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's mean. Uh, and I, I do think that, uh, you know, if, if, if it in fact turns out to be the case that there's a lot more things going on with Ben under center, um, you know, I think that that will, I won't say make his job easier, um, but it will, um, you know, remove one of the, potential disasters okay. uh, that could happen, as we saw in the first play. <laughs> yeah, with the Hall of Fame, potential right, Hall of right, Famer, right. Uh So, um, yeah, I think he can. Uh, I, I, and I, I believe that shortly into the process, we'll know, uh, you know whether he has what it takes uh, to do something like that. I mean, Pouncey, it didn't take him more than maybe a week once the pads went on. No, to show himself. Oh, to everyone instant, that yeah. this, I'm I'm the guy yeah, here. That's to get to get NFL ready. I'm I'm gonna. I'm be a starter. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we we've talked so much so today, and when you were here with us two days ago about the offensive line, it's pretty well known that that's going to be the biggest question mark on the offensive side. On the defensive side, there seem to be question marks looming almost at every position. There's a lack of depth at safety. You don't really know who's going to come in. When Cam Sutton is put into the nickel, who's going to replace him? Is it going to be James Pierre, Justin Lane? You look at the lack of depth at both linebacker positions. To you, Bob, what what is the biggest area of concern uh, on that on that side of the ball? Well, I you know I the um, the secondary thing, uh, as you mentioned, as you called it, it's depth, right? Um, you know, and I I under, while I understand that technically. The third outside linebacker is depth as well. Uh, but to me, that's much closer to being someone who uh, is going to see significant snaps no question, yeah. um, every week than, um, you know, who the 
fourth corner might be sure. or the third um, safety. You know, yeah, how, right, the third, third safety, you know, those kind of things. So uh, especially because, you know, I'm going to say outside linebacker, especially because, um, you know, Alex Highsmith is by no means a grizzled, proven veteran mm-hmm. himself. So, um, you know, I would – that, that's the area I would point to. Um, but, you know, those <laughs> those other ones – could quickly become an issue uh, depending on injuries. I mean, we saw it happen last season with inside linebackers. You know, at one point the Steelers were playing with Avery Williamson and Marcus Allen. Right. Uh, Again, not to denigrate those two guys, but when, you know, training camp started, neither one of them I don't think were uh, at the forefront of anyone's consciousness in terms of a lot of – Excuse me, a lot of playing time at that spot. So even the guy ahead of him, Robert Spillane, wasn't a, a right. household name by any means. By any means. So um, you know, the, you need there, there's luck involved uh, in every championship season in every professional sport. Uh, and the Steelers, uh, in terms of luck, they're going to need to stay healthy on defense. I think that defensive front, though, I think it's the best unit that they have in in on their defensive side of the ball, and it's one of the best fronts, I think, in the NFL with Hayward, it and Alu-Alu. Is there depth concerns there, though? If one yeah, of the, hey, There you go. No, it's no secret that yeah. those guys get injured. it especially gets injured. Alu-Alu misses sometimes before in his career. Hayward, for the most part, stays healthy, but he has been known to miss a couple games here or there. So, And it's an incredibly physically demanding position, too. It's, it's almost a fool's uh, – if you think you're going to get through a season without one of your defensive linemen getting nicked up for one game at least, it's you're you're misguided. You're blinded. There. It's going yeah. to happen. So yeah, and so this year, who do they have really that could step well, in? Well, I mean, you know, that's um, I I think that um, Isaiah Bugs and Carlos Davis, one of those guys, has to make a considerable step forward Take that leap, yeah. and show that they are um, worthy and capable of you know uh, playing in games that count and, um, you know, not being um, not being a weak link. Right. Uh, Chris Wormley is another guy. He wasn't uh, – he was hurt last – he was uh, set back last year by being injured uh, once camp opened and then there was no preseason. And so his development, his ability to acclimate himself and integrate himself into the uh, system uh, was hurt by um, – that those circumstances um but yeah i mean it's you know the the defensive line you can look at it you know with if to it uh and cam and uh, alu alu are available as one of the best in the conference as one of the best maybe in the league i think so yeah but you take one or two of those guys out and right away you got a, a serious serious problem i mean that's what um you know that's how nfl rosters are constructed a lot of times now you just don't have you know a lot of depth at at, at all the positions and you know I think that what's going to happen here pretty soon with the other teams in the AFC North once you get your marquee franchise quarterbacks in that second contract and they're starting to make nine figures um, you don't have a lot of money to you know the Browns Jadavian Clowney and um you know, going after some of those people, the the Ravens, 
with some of the the guys that they signed. Yeah, you saw them go after Ngakwe last year right. because they just had the space. Right, but when they have to pay Lamar Jackson, that stuff that that's over. Yeah. That's over doing and uh, Calais Campbell too, right. the Ravens. So um, you know it, it's it's a it's a cycle. I mean it's. You know, you want to have a franchise quarterback. You want a guy who is worthy of that kind of money because that means he has the uh, the resume that shows he deserves it. I mean, there aren't that many quarterbacks in in NFL history, even though history of the Super Bowl isn't really that long, right. with multiple wins in Super Bowls. The Steelers have one of those guys. Maybe this is his last year. Um, you know, that, that'll, that'll play out uh, over time as well. But where they are right now – uh, with Ben's salary, even though he did take a pay cut, kudos to him for that yeah, in order Absolutely. to stay. Um, but, you know, and then the, the cap going down because of the COVID and the empty stadiums and all of that stuff, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you were in a pretty tough spot. Um, I think the Steelers did a somewhat admirable job managing the situation that they had to manage. They kept Alu-Alu, even though that was kind of lucky. Uh, they kept Cam Sutton. Uh, Juju didn't find what I think he thought he deserved, and so he's back. And so, and getting Vince Williams back was big too. Right, Vince Williams just decided that he didn't want to go anywhere right. else. And so, and I can't blame him. I mean, this is where he's played his whole career. Yeah, it, it made I, the most sense in my in my opinion. Yeah, it's you know, but I mean, <laughs> you can't spend sense right <laughs> with an S. Um, so. You know, uh, I certainly and – and I'm one of those people who I, I never, ever you know, would criticize someone for maximizing their earning power uh, in this sport because um, careers are short a lot of times. So, um, you know, like Mike Hilton, you know, good for him. He has to go He got that, that contract. Yeah. Uh, Matt Filer, good for him. Uh, he got that contract. But based on their current situation, the Steelers could not afford those guys. And so, you know, they move on. Um, but, you know, the, the, the situation that the Steelers are in right now is they do have a franchise quarterback. He does um, uh, make a um, representative amount of money as a result of that status. And um, so they, they're going to have depth issues throughout their roster uh, this season. So looking ahead of the post-Ben era, I mean – as you laid out, this is basically what we are left with. This multi-Super Bowl winning quarterback in his last year. Looking ahead to that, are any of these guys on this team right now at number two, three, or five, do you think is the best option moving forward? Or do you think the best option is somehow still out there, maybe via the draft or via free agency? The Steelers, what- the Steelers are not going to sign um, a, a, a quarterback to be their starter from free agency because any of them that are any are worth anything, they're not available or you're going to be spending right. a gazillion dollars. You're tying up all your cap into it. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So you're right back where you were. You're not going to. And you're uh, not going to find someone as good as Ben, you know? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and I think if, let's just pretend, um, Ben's last season is 2021. Okay. And the season ends. Are you saying there's a possibility 2022 could be his last season? I, I I mean I I don't know uh, I'm not I'm not in the prediction business. Yeah. 